You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Mark chapter 9. We'll read from verse 17 to 24. We're going to be taking our meditation from there. We'll start from then and we'll trust the Holy Spirit to guide us and to unfold the will of the Father to us. Amen. And he would breathe upon us so that the words that we hear will be spirit and be life indeed in the name of Jesus. Let's read. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, so Jesus asked the father of the boy, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Amen. 24 says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Lord, help me to believe. Help me. Help me, Lord. Help us. Help your church. Help this family of God. Help us, your children. Help this generation of Christians. Help us to believe you, O Lord, to believe in you, to believe you, to trust in you. Because as you have said, if we can believe, all things would be possible. Lord, we thank you for you hear us and we trust you have answered us in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, we're having this meditation as a follow-up. To what we've been learning, you know, it might, it might not come immediately across to you as a follower, but it is. As we're gone, you will understand. And why is that so? Because um, on Wednesday, we concluded our study by, or we were made to realize that what we are learning, love, the call, the invitation for us to walk in love, is actually an invitation to be like God in every situation. That's the summation of it. To walk in love is just to be like God. To just do what God will do. 
or rather what God has been doing. So someone offends you, when we offend God, what does he do to us? He forgives us, right? What does God do for us every day? He's blessing us. The Bible says his mercies are what? So when we love, we keep showing. We don't say, I've loved you three times. Enough. Does God say that to us? Daily, he loves us with what? So you're nice to him today. You're nice to him tomorrow. And then you say, but he's not reciprocating, right? How long did you live before you got born again? You were not just not reciprocating. You were rebelling against God. And never did he stop being good to you. Praise God. So really, the conclusion of the study, you know, of our meditation that we began to meditate on love is be like God. We are called to be like God. God does not make anyone to offend. Nobody can say because of God, I refuse to be a Christian. So the same way, I live my life in a way that nobody will look at my life and say because of me, I will not go to church. Because of me, the name of the Lord is reproached. No, God gives us no such opportunities. He's just wonderful, beautiful to us in every situation, isn't it? His enemies look for his trouble. He still forgives them. What did our Lord Jesus Christ do on the cross? He said, Father, what? Forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. So someone is actually an enemy to you and is doing all kinds of things. What love requires of you and I is that word. We pray for them. The Bible says pray for those who despitefully what? Use you. So you look at it and you consider it. Jesus is now at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. What is he doing for us? He's making prayers for us. And love says we pray for one another. We share with one another. We know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich for our sakes, what? He became poor so that we through his poverty, so he gives us all, he keeps giving us. We don't appreciate, he doesn't stop, he keeps giving us. So to love is just to be like God. And we saw in the scriptures from the very beginning, God actually designed that we be like him. He said, let us make man, Genesis 1, 26. Let us make man, how? To be like the dogs, to be like, no, to be like him. Let's make man in our image and according to our likeness that's how he designed us praise the lord and if you come to the new testament also in john 1 verse 12 11 and 12 he says he came to his own his own did not receive him but as many as received him what did he do he gave them the right or the power to become what children of god so that is who we are that is what we are called to be so love is actually the family characteristic so you see this person is an okeke, you can see it in his face. This person is a child of God, you can see it in his love. Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 82, 6, you know, our Lord Jesus quoted that particular passage. He said, know ye not that ye are what? You are God. So we have to. That's what the call is. Because if you don't look at it from that angle, you won't understand what we are talking about. It's not about your feeling. How does God feel about us? He loves us. He's not checking his feeling. Praise the Lord. He just loves us. For God so loved the world. He loves us. He keeps loving us. He's long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish. He's just loving us, loving us, loving us, loving us. That's a real understanding of love, to be like God. Now, when that is clear to every one of us, 
what is going to happen? Two, two very likely responses. The first response is going to be impossible. Count me out, right? How can I forgive? As we're talking now, you have somebody is there listening, somebody listening. That brother, that sister, that man, that wicked boss, that person. How can I love him? Impossible. Count me out. Now, there is the other response. And this other response is, so I have to do this. I have to love that brother. I have to forgive that offense. Or I have to endure this, you know, affliction or whatever it is. Lord, I can't do it. Help me. Do we get it now? Two responses. One says, impossible. Count me out. The other one says, necessity. How do I do it? Are you with me? And that is the basis, the background of what we are learning here. Because our Lord Jesus made a statement that he said to the man, if you can what? Believe. He didn't say if you can do it. So I'm beginning this to say to us, what we've learned over the past two weeks and what we'll probably continue to learn, if you can believe, it will be possible for you. I thought you say amen. amen. Hallelujah. I said if you what? Can believe. Now I want you to do a brief experiment. Think of the most difficult part of it it is for you to love. And say I believe I can. I believe God. What the scripture is saying to us. Is that that is what your sight to it is. God just wants you to believe him. After you believe him. The rest is what? Is the journey. But if you don't believe him. Forget it. Are you with me? Am I communicating? You see, as we're going on in the scriptures, you're going to see how simple this is, but how profound it is. Our Lord Jesus, in John chapter 6, you can go to John chapter 6. Um, he had fed the multitudes, you know, giving them bread and fish and done all manner of miracles. And they were following him. He said to him, I know you're not following me because you've seen the signs. You're following me because you have eaten. Okay. However, he went and started teaching them and telling them how it was necessary for them to eat of his flesh and to drink of his blood and all of that. If they didn't do that, they would not have life. In verse 60, this was what they said. Verse 60, the Bible said, they said, this is a hard saying. And they said, who can understand it? Some translations say, who can bear it? In other words, I'm out. Are you with me? That means this love thing, if that is what it takes to be a Christian, for me to go and love that neighbor, pastor, you don't know that neighbor. To forgive that person, you don't know. Do you understand? To give, to endure all of that, you don't know. They said this is a hard saying, who can, which means me, I'm out. Is, are you ready to bear it? Are you ready to do that? So they said, we are out. If you read further than the Bible says, Many of them would turned and left. They stopped following him. Verse 65, 66. Then Jesus now turned to Peter and began to ask Peter, what about you, Peter? And Peter answered. Peter didn't say it's not a hard thing. What did Peter say? Peter said what? To whom shall we go? Peter didn't say we understand what you're saying. I want you to get something here. Peter didn't say, ah, no, no, it's, it's all right. We, we fully comprehend. Peter said, we don't understand, but we are stuck. What was Peter saying?
Peter was saying, we have made a choice to stick with you. Right now, we don't understand this thing you're saying. But we are stuck to you. That's what it means. Okay? And he broke it down for us further down. If you go down now to verse 69, where he says now. He says, we have come to what? To believe. First of all, let's just say, to believe that you are the Christ. We have come to believe. Now, what I'm trying to say is this. If you had heard for this past weeks or over time on your Christian journey, you hear from God and you believe that this is the word of God. It is necessary for me unto my salvation. If you have been that kind of Christian, I can say to you now, congratulations. Amen? That's what it means to be a Christian. You believe him. It doesn't say, I understand it doesn't say, I can. It said, the man of God must not strive. You say, yes, sir. You don't say, but what if they scratch my car? You don't say that. It said, what if it has to do with money? You don't say, what if, you know, it's this. No, you say, yes, I believe. Now, the other part of it is what this man, you know, in the text we read. Yes, I believe. Lord, do what? Help me. He said the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, long-suffering, kindness. He said, yes, I believe. You don't say kindness. It depends on people in my village. That No, no. Once you do that, you have stepped out of what? Believing. So Peter said, we have come to believe. Which means we have come to accept that is it. Then he added something. And says, and now what? To know. You believe before what you know. You believe because it's God that is saying it. And you know as you respond to his instructions. The Holy Spirit is going to help us this morning. Amen. But you believe because it's God. That believing is an act of faith. That is what separates those who go to heaven from those who go to hell. Why? Because we do nothing extra. It's that believing that makes the difference. But that believing is a beginning. It's not an end. Are you with me? So Peter said, we are not living. Not because we understand everything you said. We are not living because we believe you. Praise the Lord. So he made that statement and we go back you know, to what we are talking about. So Jesus, in the account we read in Mark chapter 9. Saw the situation, you know, this man's son was ill and needed help, urgent help. And when he had had tried Jesus' disciples and they failed him, or rather they couldn't deliver or get the boy healed. When he came to Jesus in verse 17, when Jesus had asked what is going on here, they told him, this man brought his son who has a mute spirit. And this is what he does. Wherever he seizes him, he throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I had approached your disciples, but it was unfortunate. You know, they couldn't help. And Jesus said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought the boy to him. And immediately this boy saw Jesus. What did he do in 20? The spirit did what? Convert. So they had told him. This is what he does. And the spirit confirmed it to Jesus. Immediately convulsed the boy. 
fell on the ground, wallowed, and started foaming at the mouth. Then Jesus turned to the father, follow me, and asked the father, how long has this thing been happening to the boy? What did the father say? From childhood. Is that the answer to the question? Eh? That's the answer. Should he have added another thing? But look at what happened there. It happened right before Jesus. Jesus saw it. Jesus said, okay, how long? And the man said, from childhood. Look at the next verse. The next verse, it says, and the man went further now, saying what? And often he has thrown him both what? Into the fire. So this one, he threw him to the ground. Oh God, you need to see. Even into fire. Even into water. Eh? To destroy him. Watch what is happening here. I want you to follow me because it's simple, you get it. This man had come to believe in the power of this sickness. So when this sickness manifested before Jesus, and Jesus said, how long? The man answered, how long? But he said, let me tell you how strong. Are you with me? It's not a matter of ground. This uh, Obanje power, hmm? this mami water power, this whatever power, is not only on the ground. Though. He even throws him where? Into fire and into water. So just know what you're dealing with. Anyway, if you can help. I see how the conversation went. So at that moment, Jesus knew that there was a problem here. It was when he finished that he said, but I believe the power, the effectiveness or the destructive power of this sickness. However, if you, Jesus, can try and see if you can confront it. That's why Jesus said, hold, hold it. Like Niger police, say hold it there. <laughs> he said what? Hold it, hold it, hold it. He don't say to Jesus, if you can. There is no such vocabulary in talking to God. You don't say to God, if you can. God is only what? Potent. God is omniscient. God is only what? Present. You never say to God if you can. And Jesus rearranged that and said to him, no, it's not that way. It's not that way. If you can, the only probability is on our side. Never on God's side. Never on God's side. He is God. You see, in mathematics, in science, there are things they say constant. Right? In Christianity and in our faith, God is what? Constant. So if there is going to be any variation, it says no shadow of light, no, no, no variableness, no shadow of turning with God. There is none. So God doesn't turn. God doesn't rise. You know, we say let God arise. It's a, a form of, you know, expression. But God doesn't rise. Where will omniscient rise to? Where is, omnipo- where is omnipresent going to rise to? For in him we live our what? And move and have our being. So God is constant. God is ever able, ever wise, ever everything. So he immediately addressed the man and said, On my side, I don't go and come. I don't can and cannot. I am forever can. That's why he said to Moses, Tell them I am, not I will. Are you with me? I can promise you I will come to your house. You know why? Because right now I'm not in your house. And I will come to your house if I have fuel, I will come to your house if I'm healthy enough. I will come to your house if something else does not, you know, disturb me. But God says, when he says, I'm coming to your house, he says, I am. Because nothing can keep him 
from being where he wants to be, from doing what he wants to do. He is God. He said, Moses, go to the people and tell them, I am has sent you. I'm not saying I will deliver. I am. So variation is never with him. So Jesus turned it to the man and said, you don't say to me if you can do. But what it should be is if you can believe. Are you with me? Now, the man did what he did and we want to go on now and see something here. Our God, just like we've said, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. However, by his own will, by his own choosing, has allowed, uh, I tried how, as reverentially enough, as you know, careful enough to coin this statement so that I don't you know, speak what is not worthy of my God. You see, our God is omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's omnipresent. However, he has allowed one thing, just one thing, to be not so much under his control. He has permitted one thing to be a bit, you know, independent of him. I will show you. Come with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. Let's read it together so it's not me speaking. Now, this is after God had created man. Let's read together, church. And the Lord God did what? What's the word there? When you command, what is your wish? When you command, it means this is what I want to be done. Okay? And the Lord God commanded, let's go on. Commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. You shall not eat. That's the command. Now, for in the day you eat, that is the consequence. But let's just deal with the command. So God said, this omnipotent God said to man, you shall not eat of the fruit of this tree. Okay? Go to the next chapter, chapter 3, verse 6. Let's read what happened there. So, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise, what happened? She took of its fruit and did what? And what is going on here? God commanded that you should not eat it. We see the next chapter what? The woman looked at it, took it, and ate. She didn't just eat, she also did what? But while I was seated there, you know, just during the praise and worship, or maybe the special number, the Lord ministered something to me. He said the full stop in between when she ate and when her husband ate might have been months. Let me tell you why. Because I was, I was still asking the Lord. It might have been months. You know why? Because Adam knows what God said. Okay? So when Eve ate it, Adam came with his hands on his head. Oh, Barry, you, have, you are dead. And then every day, Adam is looking at Eve. She hasn't died. She hasn't died. And Eve will say, I told you. Satan said it. Nothing will happen. And then she gave him an word. The moment he ate, something happened. <laughs> That's a word for somebody. You know, the Bible is so clear. It said the sins of some men. It said they drag slowly. The sins of some men are rapid. They follow them. Some wait until judgment. So you're looking, somebody in your office now, somebody's listening, and somebody's pressurizing you, do it this way, I've been doing it, I've been doing it. Eve ate, we don't know how long it took. The day Adam ate, something was what? Manifested. Okay. Anyway, we looked at this scripture to explain what I'm saying. God has put it in a way that 
he cannot make man to believe, to believe him. That choice he has left to you. Are you with me? Some of us may have seen the movie, is it Bruce Almighty? He saw what the issue was there. When the man got power, okay? If I remember the story well. When the man got power and was doing all he could to impress the young lady. But there was something he just couldn't do. He couldn't make her to love him. That power, God has not, you know, or rather God has decided to leave it with man. So that is why we preach. That is why we witness. That is why we persuade men. That if not, listen, God will just announce, Jesus has died for you. Everybody, believe. And we say, yes. And the whole world is saved. Do you understand? But he has said, I will not take that power from man. So he sends preachers. And some of us are sweating. Some of us are gyrating. Some of us are vibrating. And all of that is to get man to do what? To believe God. That's all. That's why we preach. And it will be unfortunate if we miss that opportunity. And use it to preach to you to believe something else. Are you with me? Because the most important thing you come to church for, you hear the word of God for, is that you might believe in him. When you believe in him, all the work is done. Because you see, he is your father. And the Bible promises that the time shall come when you shall have no need that any man will say to you what? Seek the Lord. Because every one of us will know. Are you with me? So we just want, we just need to get you to believe him. But the temptation is that many times, it's easier, just like the case with Ivna. It's easier to believe every other thing than to believe God. Do you know why that is true? God does not want to compel you to believe him. So God plays by the rules. But every other entity loves it when they're in control. So they will play unfairly. Are you with me? They will do anything. Men will do anything. You know, institution to compel belief, but God won't. So when you put it in a competition, sometimes it's as though God is weak because you're in a situation and I say, God, hey, like those who give God warning. God, I'm warning you. God, I'm warning you. If you don't do this thing, I'm going to compromise. And God will say, well, if I do it the way you said, I have not now allowed you to make a choice. So let me wait for you to make the choice. And once you put that up, the enemy who does not play by the rules won't, so, won't also allow events to flow normally. What is he going to do? He's going to apply more pressure. Are you with me? So immediately you place yourself at a disadvantaged position. I hope someone is getting what I'm saying today. Because this is easy if you get it. It's fundamental. Now why am I going round and round with all these things I'm going? I'm going round and round to tell you that you as you're looking at me now, you can become, before the end of this year, and as your journey continues, you can become a love master. I, thank you, my wife. I say you can become a love master. We've been learning on love now. Don't you be... Listen, that matter of love, we're not leaving it. I'm, we're looking at this so that we can get it well. How many of us have been praying God should help us to love? Okay, we're close. It's the beginning and the end. So all this we are doing is to get it and how to enter into it. Now, I want to tell you the story of a brother in the scriptures. A faithful brother, a wonderful brother. The first thing I want to tell you about this brother is that Jesus had a nickname for him and his brother. 
himself and his brother were called sons of thunder. Hmm? Sons of thunder. That is like calling somebody today. I, I had uh, my uncle is late now. His name was called tragedy. <laughs> Hallelujah. So imagine looking for tragedy's trouble. What will happen to the person? <laughs> Catastrophe. His name was tragedy. So if I mean, uh, he was trouble rolling. So if you, Jesus said in Mark three seventeen, at the mention they were just mentioning their names, and the Bible said they were nicknamed sons of thunder by Jesus, which meant that these people were fire. You stepped on me, you step on me, they don't give you a headboard. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? It was Jesus that named them. These people, they never settled matters, you know, by exchanging words. It had to be blows, knife. <laughs> oh, you people read your Bible. I know you do. What do you think of that? James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name what? That is what? Meaning guinea. Eh? Meaning that these ones are what? What do you do when thunder is striking? That's what Jesus named them. And let me tell you about them. In Matthew 20, 20 and 21. These two brothers, Jesus had 12 disciples and many more following. These two brothers went home after one of their uh, uh, journeys and told the mom, Mommy, come and help us. Join us and make this appeal. And their mom went with them and knelt down before Jesus. Probably Jesus had finished teaching the Sermon on the Mount and said, we have a request. And please make sure you grant it to us. And Jesus said, okay, I'm listening. He said, grant to us that in your kingdom, John on your right, James on your left, all the other people, put them in education ministry. (laughs) Are you seeing them thinking? Another one. These same brothers, Luke 9 verse 51. From 51 down to 55, if you can compress it, if not, it's okay. Jesus was going to Jerusalem, and he was going to pass through some village of the Samaritans, okay? Verse 53 says, but he sent his disciples to go, you know, and and make the way. But they did not receive him, 53, because his face was set for the journey. And the Bible said, when his disciples, who again now? This same James and John. When they saw this, they were, remember, 12 disciples. But when the sons of thunder saw this, you see what is happening here. They say, what are we waiting for? This is a, a proper case. This situation needs what? Thunder and fire. And they had scripture to back it up. They said as Elijah did. You see, wickedness can be backed up with anything. You understand what I'm saying? Wickedness can be supported from, you know, he said, let's do it as Elijah did. Let's call down fire. That is their heart. And to, he said, let us call down fire to destroy them. He didn't even say to warn them. That's after we pass. People look, they'll think they, they will see you there. They will know it's human beings. Consume them with fire. That was their heart. One more. The same John. The last one. The gospel of John. We've all read the gospel of John. Now, how many disciples did Jesus have again? Twelve. How many did he hate? None. But the, one of the disciples decided to say, the one, 
that Jesus loved. When somebody comes to this church and say, I'm the one that Pastor Ikenna loves. What's he saying? He's saying the rest of you are not loved. The rest of you are congregation. I am the one that what? When you go to the Father's church, please tell them that the one that Pastor Ikenna loved sent you. <laughs> that was John. Okay, I, I'm laying a background now. Brethren, this same John now, when you come to his epistles, much later in his life, he's the one that begins to write to us. You can put 1 John 4, 7 on the screen. He's the one that begins to write to us, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. He who does not love does not know. Son of thunder. <laughs> eh? What has happened? Eh? He went on. He said, he that does not love his brother dwells in darkness. John, what has happened? There has been a what? Transformation. Child of God, when you believe God, you experience transformation. When you believe God, you do what? And it is in every area. Every, not some. I know some of us have a propensity to believe God in some areas. Every area. That's what Christianity is about. That's what John was saying in verse 12. John 1, 12. To them that believe on the Lord, to them he gave power to become. So it doesn't matter how your life is. It doesn't matter what your experience has been. If you can believe, I'm telling you, this is July. Before December this year, you will look at your life. And say he is a wonder. Yes. Yes. Every area. Temper. Lost. Anger. Laziness. Whatever it is. If you can believe God. Jesus said to the man. If you can believe. All things are possible. I'm going to show you something. You see. One of the things. You know. Um. Tragedies, let me use the word of our dad, Dr. Anderson, that we suffered as a church is misrepresentation of what the real contention is about. Misunderstanding of what the real fight is about. You see, when you and I think the devil, what we think is the one that takes my money, the one that, you know, brings sickness for me, the one that does all this and that, it's, it's a level. Is a level of considering his activities, okay? But when the Bible says the thief does not come to steal, to kill, and to destroy, I want to show you what the devil, the most critical thing he goes for. And it's from the par- parable of the sower. We won't read the whole thing. Just look at 12. Just... This parable is a parable that our Lord Jesus Christ said to his disciples. He said, if you don't understand this particular parable, how will you what? Comprehend all the others. So he was saying, this parable is a formula. Praise God. Is a formula for understanding all. And this is what, you know, was in that parable. One of the things there. Luke 8, 12. Hallelujah. Okay, let's read together, everybody. Those by the wayside are the ones who what? Who hear. Okay? And what happens? Then the devil comes. And does what? Wait. And comes and takes away their health. 
and takes away their money and takes away, give me my husband, give me my husband, give me my wife, give me my breakthrough and takes away what? He takes away the word. Now look at, he hasn't finished. Where does he take away the word from? He doesn't take it away from their mind. There is what is called mental ascent. Many of us can be diagnosed successfully, clinically, and completely as mental Christians. Which means if they put a form before you to feel, you will feel Christianity. Eh? Are you with me? Because in your head is there. When somebody asks you a question, what can God do? You say, God can do everything. It's in your head. Eh? Then they now tell you, okay, time. Oh, yeah, please. All those who believe who are Christians, we want them here because um, we need to go and visit some brethren in Zamfara where they are turbaning bandit. Eh? Where the governor is saying that everybody should find. That's where I want me to go. He said, but the Lord said we should go. He said, brother, better be wise. <laughs> now, what has happened is that his mind takes the word, but he has not reached his heart. How do I know, sir? I know, sir, because matters of the heart, the mind does not interpret it. When something has reached your heart, sense is suspended. Are you with me? That's why some food people eat, I think it's a matter of the heart. You know, if I had a choice, I would live in Yoruba land. I love a lot of things about it. But you see, I'm Alande Wedu. It shouldn't be food. It shouldn't be food. Look at the color. Green and black. <laughs> Give me your beans. Give me your stew and meat. But Amalane Wedu, I think it's a matter of the heart. <laughs> I, I, I think you fall in love with it. And then when you grow and have sense, you say sense, go away. Praise God. It said the thief comes and does what? Steals the word from where? From their heart, not from their head. So you're still going with it in your head. But how you know is that whenever you make a choice, it doesn't influence your choice. But you can argue with it. You can type it on Facebook. Today is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. And then somebody looks for a trouble. He said, oh no. Oh no, what? What has happened? What has changed? Isn't the day to this day the day the Lord has made again? Or has this person made it? He said he comes and steals the word from where? From their heart. The Bible is economical with words. He could have said he comes and steals the word from them. Why? Because when you check the person, he still has it in his head. But in his heart is gone. Why is that so? He said, lest they should what? Believe. He's going somewhere. The devil is going somewhere. He said, lest you should believe. Why? Because he knows that if you believe, you're saved. Not that you can do. That's the point I'm bringing to us today. Not that you can do. That's why foundationally, if you don't get your Christianity right, that's why every time you come here, it's as I'm talking to children who got born again every day. Because if you don't get the foundation right, you will grow, 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 grow. You'll be like the man that, the case that the man that built a house on somebody's property in Port Harcourt. And went to court, they say, please, you're trespassing. Move that house out in the next one month or we, we lock you up. So he's now begging the man, please. Because the foundation is not right. 
Are you with me? It says, lest they should believe and be saved. Believing is it. Listen, you get something without believing. You haven't gotten it. No, you haven't. Where the Christian should be is where he believes God. And that is the work of the Spirit. To plant faith in our hearts. Faith in God. Faith in God. It's foundational. It will affect everything. It will touch everything. It will, you know, hit every area. Let, let, let me help you now. And this is going to be, you know, a bit challenging because I think this one affects some, most of us here. Maybe, maybe there are some people who have passed it. God said to me, because I said, how do we understand this thing? He said to say to us, he said, if you, if me, if we can believe in God, As much as we have come and grown to believe in money. Hello? Okay. So, you're here now. And I say, uh, Brother Soso, you're going to go to to Enugu for me. We have have a a mission in Enugu. You're going to go to TFC Enugu. I say to him, Pastor, um, I I had scheduled some meetings and this and that. I said, don't worry. uh, Please, I I really need somebody to go because the provision for this journey is about 15 million and... um, when you get there, when you complete what is being done there, I think, I think they're going to give you an honorarium of another 15 million. So that's 15 for going, 15 for arriving. The brother is going to say, did I say I was? <laughs> Pastor, I've gone. Okay, oh, I forgot. Do you understand? What has changed? He said, if we Christians can believe in God, the way we believe in money. There's a saying in Igbo. This is how the saying goes. It says, It says when you see a man with money, there's, a, there's a, a, a swagger. You see? When a man has money, hey, God will save me one of these days. I'll say the one the people will catch me. <laughs> I went to visit somebody who made some, some small money. I need to sit there. When the person sits in his house... <clears throat> And he's eating banana. When he finishes eating banana, he'll throw it this way. <laughs> he eats another one, he'll throw it this way. You see, he has made money. Nah, what are you talking? Let the boys pick up the banana peels. Nah. You see, he said, if you now can carry your confidence in God, that when you sit down, you know God is with me. That's where we need to get to. Not that you'll be walking like this. You don't have money, but you have God. And then you say you believe in God, but you're walking like this. But when money enters, you stop walking like that. You're just adjusted. <laughs> Everything adjusts. When police stops you, when police stops a poor man, say, good, good afternoon, officer. When police stops a rich man, say, how are you? He said, Georgie, to believe in God, if you can, you know, he said you must believe in him more. But if you can get to where you believe in him as much as you believe in money. eh? They are married sisters. The way you would not pray again if a brother is coming to marry you. No, what are you praying for? Have you seen his car? His house? The perfume? See even his beer beer? Silky. The Lord's will. Surely the anointed of the Lord has, has come. What did you see? Money. 
He said the same way. If you can see a brother without any of those things. And you know this is God's will. If you go with it. Say you have begun to believe in me. It's not easy. But brethren, that is it. That is it. I can stop here. You know how you believe in money. I know how I believe in money. We shouldn't say it openly, right? You want to buy something. You really like it. When they tell you the price, say, ah, the thing is even short. <laughs> what has happened? Money has changed your mind. Do you understand? He said, let God influence you like that. So you want to do this and you, you know, but then God says, no, no, I don't like, I don't want you. Did they immediately say, ah, no, I don't want that. If you can believe in God. You see, what I'm saying to us, the scriptures backs up what we're learning. Let, let, let me give us some scriptures here. Ecclesiastes 10, 19, part B of it. It says money answers all things. Scripture. Ecclesiastes told us reality. He didn't tell us the will of God, but he told us reality. He was like a press man, a journalist, recording, you know, actual life events. So this is what he said. You can give us the ARV or NLT of it. This is what he said. This is testimony of what he had found. He said, people enjoy eating. Why makes life happier? But what? Money solves a lot of problems. And so you don't blame anyone. Money solves a lot of problems. That's scripture. Ecclesiastes 7.12. Just flip back about three chapters. He says, wisdom is a defense as money is what? A defense. He said, but the excellence of knowledge is that wisdom word gives life to those who have it. So, it's still confirming the same thing. That money does something. In fact, almost at par. Wisdom, we understand from the same scripture as well. The fear of the Lord is what? The being of wisdom. So, wisdom is your relationship with God. It's a defense. So, the same way you can have confidence because of your relationship with God. Another man has confidence because of the money he has. Okay? But the Bible now says, but the advantage of wisdom is that what? It doesn't just do all that. It gives life. So you can be defended, but not have life. Are you with me? But that's not where we're going. Where we're going is Romans 15, 13 now. So we can understand this. Money answers all things. Just hold up. What do I need things for? I need things for to be happy. I need things to make things happen, isn't it? Now look at what Romans 15, 13 says to us. It says, now may the God of hope fill me, fill you with what? All joy and peace in what? You can actually read that scripture. Fill you with all joy, peace, and hope in believing. It's saying something here. That the wealth of the child of God is directly proportional to his faith. Money can buy me everything I want. Good. But the excellence of wisdom in that is that it gives life. So I can buy everything I want and not want everything I bought. And the things I bought won't satisfy me. You get what I'm saying? But here the Bible is saying to us now, there is another mathematics that is being told here. It says, now may God of hope fill you what? With all peace and joy in belief, in the proportion of your belief. So the Christian who does not believe God the way he should is suffering a poverty of peace, a poverty of joy, a poverty of hope. I had some experience which, you know, I, I hope it ties, but it, it came to me now. 
I don't know what happened for some time now. I've been having this, you know, terrible, uncomfortable pain in my wrist. I, I don't normally go to doctors. So if I go to a doctor, know that it's a very serious matter. So I went to the doctor and complained about this. And they prescribed some anti-inflammatory drugs for me. I took it for one week. In fact, when I started taking it, I called the doctor and said, the pain as it was before, so it is. <laughs> The man said, just continue. I finished the one week. It was just the same way. I sent a message to the man. He said, I should continue on the drugs for weeks. When I saw weeks, I just called the phone. You know why? I pick the brains of doctors. I don't believe them. Did I, did I come clear? I respect them. I could not study medicine. I can't read like that. I don't have that kind of brain. I respect them. But you see, they are practicing medicine. They didn't create human beings. Did you hear me? They are practicing medicine. Every human being, you can pick their brain. When I saw that, I said, Jehovah, Rapha, you have healed me in the past. You heal me now. And forever you are the healer. It's you and I. You and I will do this as one. And that was the end. I stopped taking any of that. Why? Why would I keep? The man said for weeks. So for weeks, I'll be taking morning, afternoon, night. Morning, afternoon, night. Morning, afternoon, night. And not as if the first one I took, the thing disappeared fear. I must believe in you to continue. What I'm trying to say is this. You see, God is a jealous God. And God is watching your responses in every situation. Okay. The Bible says we should be full out of those who through faith and patience do what? Inherit the promise. Some of us, many of us, we exercise faith and patience in many things. But we can't wait for God for a few hours. That's what I'm trying to say. So I said to God, I'm sorry. Maybe I shouldn't have gone. But it's good I went because now I know that it's you that will do this for me. The same experience, I've told us the same experience so many years ago. I was so sick with malaria that... Life was almost going out of me. I, there, there was, you know the malaria that they're trying different drugs. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't take drugs or any of that. They were trying different drugs and changing and changing. One day, in the heat of the illness, I got up, packed all the assorted, the improved, the more powerful, the India one, the Pakistani one, all of them. The spirit of, I just felt led, dumped them in the dustbin. That day was the day I got healed. Now, should you do that? I don't know. But what I'm saying is this. God says, if you can believe all things. And when he said that to me, the angle he turned to me, he said, there's a walk in getting yourself to believe. And that's the work we're trying to understand here. When you begin to compare, because sometimes you're innocently not believing. But now you know how you believe in money. Some people will leave a job here now. You know, the way the Lord ministered it to me. He said, will you go into the belly of the earth, you know, miners, how, how deep do they go? Meters, thousands of meters they go. What are, they, are they going there for fellowship to take a, a selfie? What are they going to do? It's money. So he said, if men will do that for money, what are you doing for God? You wave your hands. Abby, follow it up. When there's a choice to be made, believe him. 
And you know what? I want to show you some people in the scriptures. Two people. Very, you know, significant people in the scriptures. Zechariah. In Luke 1. In Luke chapter 1 verse 18, the angel had spoken to Zechariah and said to him, this is what the Lord says, you're going to have a child and this is what his ministry life is going to be. And when it was done, in verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in age. And the angel answered and said to him, I'm Gabriel, for your information. The one who stands in the presence of God, I'm paraphrasing. And I was sent by the I am to speak to you these things. But behold, you'll be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place. Because, why? He said, you did not believe my words. This is a place, a passage of, a part of scripture that has, you know, been a source of um, inquiry for me over time. Difference between Zacharias and, and, and Mary. Let's read this Zechariah's one in message, please. Zechariah said to the angel, he said, do you expect me to believe this? This is where we started from. You expect me to forgive him. You expect me to love them. You expect me to, to just take that insult. Eh? You expect me to make myself foot mat. Eh? And they'll just be stepping. Ah, bah. That's what Zechariah said. Okay. Let's go to Mary. We are going to come back. Mary, go down to verse 34. The angel had finished speaking to Mary. And this is what Mary said. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Note something there. How can this be? Since I do not know a man. Okay. This is what Mary was saying here. Mary, when they told Mary, blessed are you amongst women, this is what is going to happen. You're going to bring forth favored one, this and that. Mary said, which way are we going to accomplish this? Mary received the word and now said to the angel, which option are we going to use? I don't know a man, no. Are you with me? I don't know a man. I receive your word, but what? So today, God says, I should love like God. I say, amen, no. But you know my heart. You know where I come from. I'm a son of thunder. Eh? I'm an Unewi man. Do you understand? When it comes to money, money. Eh? Okay, what I go? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> eh? I'm an, you know, in my business, you say I should just allow people to cheat me anyhow. Eh? Oh, Lord. Hey. You have to come into this business. <laughs> Mary said, okay. Mary said, okay, okay. But how, how, how do we do it? And the angel answered, verse 35, put it for me. And the angel answered and said to her, this is what shows you what she said. The Holy Spirit will do what? Will come upon you. The power of the highest will do what? Overshadow you. And therefore also that holy one who is to be born. Mary had agreed. But didn't know how. Zechariah said no. It cannot happen. So they said we will do it without you participating. Believe. One more thing. I'll just show you from there and then we'll pray. Just to help us 
you know, catch what the Lord is saying to us. In verse 45 of the same Luke 1, Elizabeth now testified to what we know. And this was what Elizabeth said. Elizabeth said, blessed is she who what? Believed. It hasn't happened. Blessed is she what? Who what? Believed for what will happen. There will be a fulfillment of those things which we are told her from the Lord. Now, child of God, look at me. Everybody look at me. I can tell you now by the Spirit of God, blessed are you who have believed the word of the Lord. For there shall be what? A fulfillment of those things that have been told you from the Lord. That is the word of God. If you believe, there will be a fulfillment. Once you believe. Let's rise on our feet. Once you believe. Note here, I'm not saying believe for. Believe God. Believe God. Just the same way. You can use money to buy tickets. You can use money to buy food. The same way when you have God, he ministers every area. Nobody has money that can do one thing and not do the other. You can spend it, cash, every area. The same way you believe God, throw your life into his hands. I want you to go to him in prayer. He says, now may the God of hope fill you with all peace and joy in believing. May you abound in hope. You see, God is saying, child of God, it doesn't matter what is happening. It doesn't matter. Believe me. Trust me. Lean on me. I am God. I am your God. Jesus said to the man, if you can believe every area, somebody, you have a habit, but you've not believed God. You make excuses. You're making excuses. You're not ready. The moment you say to God, I agree with you. Brethren, what is confession? Confession is calling something what God calls it. Confession says, God, I'm an adulterer. You should kill me. I don't want to be an adulterer. Forgive me. And grace. The wind of grace. Help comes. Enablement comes. Why? Because you have believed God. You have said to him, be God in my life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He said to believe God is to say to him, come and be God in my life. So talk to him. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.